Coming to you live, this is your MTG Action 4 News Team. Hello, this is MTG Action 4 News, your news team for keeping things fresh in the multiverse. I'm Mr. Combat Number 5, providing you new ways to lose your friends. Then we have Ultra Budget Brews, your budget connoisseur from EDH Rec. Y'all, we're getting on the Hogwarts Express. It's going to be amazing. Oh, Platform baby. 93 quarters are, are coming. Are you talking about Wizard we, we, Oh, it's Oh, this is, this is going to be amazing. It's, it's coming into the train, oh. Choo Let's go. Hi. <laughs> Cannot wait. <laughs> Squeamy Geek getting caught up on meta traffic with Weatherlight Report. Oh, I'm bringing you the beat on the street. Then we have the head of CMD Tower himself. Well, the Sorting Greaves did not grant his one wish to be selected for Prismari, but instead he was thrown into Quandrix. Sounds like a quandary. <laughs> oh, oh Lord, Lord. The Vorthos <laughs> is strong here. Uh, thank you for tuning in to your number six source of Magic the Gathering news. We are excited to be nominated for an Emmy Cruel. You should head out to mgca.org and vote for CMD Tower. Now, so, oops, since you're a part of this, I, I suppose we'll have to get you a try. Right, this is what, like my third or fourth episode, I think, with y'all. Yeah, uh, yeah that's right. Sounds yeah. about right. You were even live in person in the studio. I was. That, was, that was a fun time. Uh, it was uh, Tuck trying to get me drunk. And, and failing. Oh man, it was like, <laughs> like 8.30 in the morning. In the morning. Yeah, it, was it, was, it was something else. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to start off the top of the castle, ladies, and carnage that ensued with 45 uh, So I'm going to talk about a stream that I did this week, or I guess this would now be the proverbial one week ago, uh, on mm -hmm. Mr. Bevers, mm -hmm. of course, good friend of the channel. Uh, I was on with Proxy Lab, Astra Flame, Mr. Bevers, of course, and myself. Uh, we were only able to get one game in. I did my Lord Windgrace deck. Proxy played Inala Wizard Ball. Uh, claimed it wasn't broken wizard stuff, just lots of wizards, uh, which I think those are the same thing. Uh, I'm not you, sure. you forgot a whole lot of Harry's in there. Yeah, I don't do that. Uh, and Mr. Yeah, we're going to work on that. I might uh, just throw him in there for you. Was playing his Derevi deck, which I, I believe that's a super popular one that he plays on his stream. I had never seen it. Yeah, it seemed all right. Uh, and then Astro Flame was actually playing uh, something that uh, Ultra Budget Brews would love, Foretold Tribal with uh, Raynar, the Ever Watchful. I do love that. That'd be wonderful. So uh, this game sucked. I mean, I had a great time with everyone <laughs> that I was actually playing with. It sucked because, of course, Nemesis upgraded from Frenemy, uh, MTG Lord of Leaves. He just Nemesis. He, Ooh, he really took to that. heart last week's Action 4 News talking about the art of the squeal because he was a squealer in the chat. And thank God for Mr. Bevers because Mr. Bevers, Oob, um, if you haven't uh, seen his streams or watched them, he has a interactive chat board oh, really? to where people can go in and mm -hmm. spend channel points to impact the game. Oh, that's kind of cool. Um, so it could be like, hey, I'm going to give this person a treasure token. Or in my case, hey, we're going to have Mr. Combo lose five life, which, okay, one person oh, does it. Course. Not I mean... a big deal. But then Spencer Rabbits kicked in, had me lose another five life. And then someone else chipped in, had me lose another five life. <laughs> um, Their legend precedes you so hard that people come after you as the arch enemy, even when they're not in the game. Yeah. Um, and 
I probably would have been dead just from that effect if Mr. Bevers hadn't put a channel limit on how many times an individual can target an actual player uh, with the lose five life. Because then Mortal Leaves started uh, complaining in the chat, it's not letting me do it. And Mr. Bevers was like, oh, yeah, you can only do it once per game per player. Uh, so Jeez. I was able to do some stuff in the game. I was able to do a little bit of board control, you know, some, uh, decree of pains, uh, did the uh, one green creature comes in uh, destroys all flyers and it gets a plus one plus one. I think it's whip tongue Hydra. Um, and so I was able to do some things, but the most impactful thing I was able to do is I was able to get out the black Obnixilis landfall creature and I was able to play, I think like three to seven lands. I played a lot and I was really, really worried about the, uh, um, Ash, you know, the ever watchful foretold tribal because they sure. had a pretty decent board state at the time. So I started targeting them with the three life. I get three plus plus or the three plus one plus one counters. And I did that over and over. I mm -hmm, think I got them mm -hmm, down to one. Mm -hmm. uh, but then I ran out of gas. And I think at that point I was in super single digits. So I just died. Um, and so that kind of sucked. Oh, it's so but close. I, I even, like got them to one. I, but I even said it at the end of the game because they those three kept playing and um proxy actually ended up winning with wizard ball and you guys will like this he didn't win off of a wizard combo he won off of using a knowledge ability to where you could tap seven untapped wizards and make someone lose seven life um and he did that four times i totally I believe, forgot that was five. a thing that they could do Yes, that's actually what he had said when he opened up with his deck. He's like, I use this commander for the effect that everyone forgets about. Um, but I literally said, once I died and scooped up my cards, if chat hadn't made me lose 15 life, I would still be alive and potentially about to win the game. So that was my stream <laughs> with Mr. Bevers. Uh, Squee McGee, is there any games you would like to speak of? Uh, games, no. Uh, first and foremost, however, uh, I was counting there, and you do owe me, I believe, three Harrys. Um, we'll figure that out later. This week, we're going to go into Squeeze Prospecting Card of the Week. Uh, we're going way back again, all the way back to the dark. So I'm talking about Exorcist. So some What is this? Exorcist. <laughs> it is one colorless of white, and it has tap, target black creature is destroyed. That's all it does. Uh, it's on the reserved list, and I just wanted everybody to know real quickly while I have my, my minute of fame here. Back in August, this card was $5.50, and it's now forty seven fifty six on average. I mean, Only because it's on the reserve I list. I did see Arachnogenesis is now like almost a $50 card. Wait, wait, what? What? Yeah. yeah. I have oh one. Oh my god, I my have binder. at least one or two of those. Yeah, I saw, I think it was Tomer posted about it on Twitter today. Because <laughs> uh, he was he was comparing it to the... Uh, Holy uh, yeah, 4618. The, the Orzov three colorless, that new kind of board Ooh. wipe that we talked about in our group chat. Um, he was like, well, like, you know, this is technically <laughs> Mana more, but, you know, Arachnogenesis is better. But then he was like, but it's like $47. Well, I have a copy oh literally god. sitting in my binder Man, that I need to sell yesterday. Goodness. Yes, you do. Well, uh, yeah. Let's talk. <laughs> Deal. Dude, let's talk about that. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> Fair just enough. One, just one grossly overcosted card. Did you kill somebody Mr. with it or Budget something? Bruise. No, we no. just we just wanted we just want to talk about the fifty dollar cards. Did you find yeah, in like, your box? I like talking about. Okay. Yeah. 
No, I didn't find I didn't find any of those, unfortunately. But it's from that era. Fair enough. <laughs> I wish sweet. I did. Now it's forty-seven dollars. All right, uh, Mr. Budget Bruce. Yes. Were you able to jam any games in the last week, or is there any games maybe from the uh, event a couple weekends ago yeah. that you would like to talk about? I've got to play a ton as of recently. Like my. My, the amount of magic I've gotten to play uh, has dipped drastically really since COVID. I, I've never really gotten in on the VEDH thing outside of a handful of times. Um, I can feel you there. It's, it's really unfortunate. So um, I spend more time writing and you know theory crafting than I do playing at this point. Um, but I so from that weekend, there were a number of games that were pretty enjoyable. There was one that I can remember in particular. Um, I was playing with my brother. Uh, with Tuck and then my brother's friend who had just uh, started learning. And so I think it was Sisse, uh, Lathril. It was pretty much, pretty much a stock Lathril list. Is this, uh, is this Gregor Clegane we've yes, been Gregor referencing? Clegane. The, the, the one and only. And uh, so he was playing <laughs> Sisse. His buddy was playing Lathril. And I think I think Tuck was playing Toshiro. And we played like three games and we, a couple of us, you know, changed decks a couple times because we had like one game where one of us just, I think Garrett just like absolutely blitzed the entire table and crushed us. <laughs> and then the second game, uh, I played my, uh, Ur Dragon legendary dra- tribal deck and it was a blast. Um, the highlight of the game was a, a turn to unexpected results, uh, which is a, oh, yes. pe- a pet card of mine and, you know, just flopping big old dragons onto the battlefield on turn two <laughs> and following it up with um oh what's the black enchantment heartless summoning uh which everybody sleeps on nobody nobody expects heartless summoning and that card in a dragon deck is absolute craziness because you don't care that your uh your your five five and six six dragons have minus one minus one what you do care about is those six mana dragons now cost four or with Ur dragon they cost Ooh. three yeah so i was able to get that into god what uh, morphon and i just was basically casting <laughs> casting every dragon from my hand for like two generic or colorless mana it was absolutely wild uh so that was a fun time but that that, that was probably Dude, the most I'm looking at game. heartless summoning that card is only a dollar 64 it's really good for what it's it very good i and i remember i was back in back on that that was one of the first cards i added to ur dragon back when i very first got that deck and uh it's it's one of my favorite decks it is uh, but yeah, that's it's it's a very good card. I don't understand why people don't play it in there. I just think they see yeah, zombies so on it. They see zombies on it and they assume like, oh, it's a zombie card. But no. it's yeah. Why don't I have this in Kakusho? I have no idea. You should oh, you should oh. do that. Here here we are. I'm just I'm learning things <laughs> that I should know already. Yikes. Card silly. So that, that, that was the game I had. It was a fun time for me. Not probably not for anybody else, but that's okay. That's how magic well, goes all awesome. the time, though, isn't it? <laughs> One person has a blast and a couple kind people, of, well, I don't know. Kind of, yeah. It's a bummer, but I, I don't typically get to have that deck go off quite like that. So uh, it was... Well, you got a relish in it. Exactly, exactly. You got you to go roll with it. Yeah, Tuck had uh, kind of give us a little bit of a preview of that, not on cast, uh, where he was like, yeah, you know, us four were able to jam out like two to three games because they all were going like 30 to 40 minutes and everyone else at the party was going an hour and a half to two hours. So yeah. uh, it's awesome that you guys, it wasn't just one person going ham the entire time. It seems like, uh, you know, each of you guys had an opportunity to kind of let your uh, deck at the time do its thing. Well, except for Tuck. 
Well, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's just because he's course. a terrible magic player. No, it was his party. He has to. He has to be killed first every time. Right. Exactly. We kind of let him like have fun. Like that's we needed to drive him to drink. And I think by by the end of it, uh, it, it seemed like we had been successful. So I believe so. <laughs> this is what happens when you move halfway across the country, Tuck. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up 40 Life at a Dash. Now to cover what's going on in your local multiverse. What's the plane chase? So it is everyone's bi-weekly at this point. Uh, Yeah, I'd say give or take. Um, It is our CMD Tower not-so-accurate set review, Strixhaven. (laughs) And as you guys can tell, Big Tuck isn't here. He's currently moving to NASCAR land. So uh, we do have the awesome ultra-budget brews in here, uh, which is great because he definitely comes at deck building differently than Tuck, Squee, or myself do. So he may actually have some gems in this set review um, that the rest of us normally don't see. So to remind our listeners or to educate the new ones, what each of us will do is talk about our favorite creature, favorite enchantment, favorite artifact, instant, sorcery, planeswalker, land, legendary creature, and usually there's some gimmick, at least recently in sets, um, you know, Kaldheim, there was gods. Uh, War of the Spark, it was Planeswalkers. So this one, the kind of gimmick is Mystical Archive. The special printings or reprintings of instants and sorceries throughout the history of magic that aren't on the reserve list. Um, And very cool aesthetically pleasing designs but the ones that i'm even more excited for is that they do have japanese alternate that are japanese inspired with shogun art or you know and of course i'm probably saying one of those wrong that's okay but there's like dragons and so we'll end up talking about our favorite reprint in there whether it's maybe hey hopefully this drives the price down a little bit or i just think the card art is just bomb so uh, what i'd like to first do is each of us just 30 seconds real quick just say how you feel about Strixhaven. I know that we're on a little bit of a magic overload. Um, it seemed like we had a little bit of a break, and by a little bit, it was like six weeks. Um, and now we're kind of back on the train. Um, my impression of Strixhaven is I love the Magecraft ability. I think that's incredibly cool. It'll be interesting to see how it works in a rules perspective because i do think there's some because there there's times where you just infinitely copy spells and with certain cards in the set you would just win like on the spot you have your infinite spell loop even if the spell does nothing uh magecraft could potentially you know draw out your entire library kill all your Mm -hmm. opponent's creatures uh drain them for all their life you get infinite life um there's just so many different ways i can go so i'm going to be interested to see if this ability is broken as i think it is Um, but I am excited for a very exciting mechanic. Um, the whole five schools, I think they stretch themselves a little thin. I think trying to go with the two color guilds for the schools, I think was a mistake. I think this would have been the perfect opportunity to do monocolored for the schools. And if they wanted to, you know, try to stretch, maybe even add in a colorless school, uh, since we do have colorless spells in this set. Um, but you know, overall, I think they did a fairly good job. Um, of course, I won't be drafting it. I'm just going to see what <laughs> singles I want to buy and, and buy the singles. So, uh, Squee, uh, what is your kind of just overall viewpoint of Strixhaven? 
So I actually really, I really like a lot of the mechanics that they're putting in here, and the way that they're really targeting around instants and sorceries in a lot of these cards is kind of fun. Um, I I do foresee some deck retooling for almost everybody. I feel like in this set there is a card that can go in most commander decks that are out there, at least on some level. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunity. This is, seems more focused into to bringing in cards that are really useful in multiplayer games that have a lot of exchanges and different interactions. So I was pretty excited to start reading through all of these. It's a ton of stuff to absorb. And yes, I'm still coming off the last set. And yes, I'm slow to the game. But at the same rate, um, I like what they're doing here. I, th I think it's a very interactive set of cards. Awesome. I, yeah, and I completely agree with that. Uh, Mr. Budget Brews, from your perspective, how do, what do you think of Strixhaven? So here's the thing. I, um, I have done my waiting for this set. I did 12 years of waiting for this set <laughs> in Southwest Missouri. Uh, so I'm a huge, huge Harry Potter fan. My wife and I, um, like we got married and, you know, we, uh, for our guest list, we had a sorting hat and we sorted all of the oh. people who came to our wedding into different houses. And those are actually hung up because we had a friend of ours who's a really skilled artist, like do the different house crests and, uh, that, then we have a, that sorting hat actually is the, uh, our Christmas tree topper. It has been, you know, for the last eight oh, years. So, so this uh the set is flavorfully i absolutely adore it uh it's i know there are some people who really don't like the harry potter but not harry potter nudge nudge wink wink thing yeah. going on uh i i love it i think it's wonderful um i also this so just even from a power um perspective i was counting and at last count uh, in all of my different decks, I, every, every set, I usually have like a list of like the different changes, the different additions, the different things that I want to try out, uh, in the deck. Some of them don't always end up making the cut after I, I try it out. I admire your organization. Right. Well, it's just, you know, it's just something that's like, it's something to, to keep me interested. It's fun, you know? And so, um, I think the high watermark for any of those, um, has been 50 cards. It was like right around 50 cards for war of the spark. And War of the Spark yeah. was a crazy powerful set. As, as we all know, it just kind of changed everything to some extent. Mm -hmm. um, I think this, if I remember correctly, this is the, uh, this will be my highest uh, count of additions uh, since War of the Spark. So like wow. this is, yeah, this, deck, this, okay. uh, this set is going to have a big impact okay. on my decks personally. And I think some of that is because um, not that there isn't, it's not that there aren't, uh, cards that are very efficient. Um, cause there certainly are there, there, there are cards. I'm sure we'll talk about them that are like just very, very competitive and very good. But I think what this set did has, has done really, really well is it's just, it's over the top every, it's like your mm -hmm. big splashy, we're back to like big splashy mythics. You know, I'm like, I'm like looking yeah. at the mythics oh, right yeah, now for sure. and it's like, you know, six pips, like everything costs seven, you know, and six and eight. And yeah. instead of I'm just looking through card pictures, I haven't seen this much text on a conglomerate of cards. Right. And, and, yeah, and I don't necessarily love that piece of it always, but I do love the fact that we, instead of like, oh, hey, we want this mythic to be really playable and, uh, you know constructed and standard and modern and whatever 
so we're gonna make it a mythic and it's like oh that, okay that's fine i guess but just it just it's mythic because it's so uh, efficient um instead mm-hmm. it's just like hey we're just gonna make do something super over the top and in my mind that's if you're if you're not doing that in commander then you know what are you doing but uh, yeah, obviously sure. that's my personal opinion but yeah so i, I love the set i this is i'm the most excited i've been for a set in a minute Awesome. That's uh that's good to know. Um yeah, you know, I don't I don't know if I've ever had a set come out where I have 50 changes across decks. Uh but um you know, I, I think probably the most I've had is like 15 uh or 20 and I think that was Modern Horizons and that's just cuz that set was my my uh ecstasy right there. But without further ado guys, let's get into this. We got a lot to talk about. Um I'm going to start off our round robin with creatures. And I have a dual face creature. But the funny thing is I actually only like it for one side. I wish they only printed it one side. But I think Valentine Dean of the Vein is a very cool card and very powerful. So if you're not familiar with Valentine, it costs a single black to play. It's a 1-1 legendary creature, vampire warlock rare, uh, pre-ordering for around 450. It has menace and lifelink. And this is the reason I like it. If a non-token creature an opponent controls would die, exile it instead. So that's period. When you do, you may pay two. If you do, create a 1-1 black green pest creature token with when this creature dies, you gain one life. It does have another side, so you could play it for four and get Lizette, uh, Dean of the Root, Legendary Creature, Human Druid. Uh, whenever you gain life, you may pay one. If you do, put a plus one, plus one on each creature you control. And uh, those creatures gain trample until end of turn. And there is flavor text, but Tuck isn't here to spin his <laughs> wheel. Uh, so I'll just say it normal. Life is fleeting as it is vibrant. Apparently, I can't do a normal voice. Embrace the brief blessing of a flower before it withers. Uh, it was like weird Russian Scottish mix. Uh, yeah, I, did, that, I don't know what that, that was, was. That was quite a blend. <laughs> but here, the reason I like it is we all know how powerful scavenging use is. Scavenging use incredibly strong card. It is, and scavenging use is more versatile than Valentine because Scooze, it's just a colorless green creature ooze 2-2. Two, two. You can pay a green exile target card from a graveyard. If it was a creature, put a plus one on ooze and you gain one life. Um, the reason I like this card better is because it auto exiles when stuff dies and you don't get the die triggers. It just immediately exiles because usually Scooze, it's like, okay, well, once you get your stuff to your yard, I'm going to then exile it out. This is just auto exiles out. You don't even have to pay the mana like you do for Scooze. But if you do have the extra mana, maybe you left it up for interaction or whatever, you could make those 1-1 black green pest creature tokens. When they die, you gain a life like that can add up throughout a game. That's chump blockers. So you could be preventing three damage and gaining life, which was a four point swing. Um, So I think Valentine Dean of the Vein. I wish it was a mono black card. I I think maybe they just made it Golgari just to make it to where you can't put it in a mono black deck. Yeah, I can see um, that. Yeah. What do you guys think of this card? I think it's really good. I as I learned very difficult way with Rayami when you are able to exile things that people have on their board that they rely on to go to their graveyard it kind of messes with their plan you know 
and they get real angry yeah they get really upset which means you played a really strong card so i would assume this is a very strong card because it's going to do that same thing and then it gives you a lot of other benefits and as we always love it's got some modality so you can do different things with this i i do think it fits in golgari but yeah uh, that probably would have been pretty rough if you could have this well yeah, this would be pretty rough. You could have this in mono black decks. Oh my gosh. I mean, this in my Shirai deck, just like just the Valentine side is stupid. Yeah. 100% would be in that. Do you guys play... Uh, Mr. Mr. Breeze, what do you think of it? Uh, as I say, do you guys play Ravenous Slime at all in any of your decks? It reminds me of that. Uh, I don't think Ravenous so. Slime is from Commander 2018. It's a, a, th- a two and a green ooze. It can't be blocked by creatures with power two or less. And if a creature an opponent controls would die, instead exile it. And then you put a number of plus one plus one counters to that equal to that creature's power on Ravenous Slime. Mm. And so okay. it actually, you know, triggers off tokens too. So it reminded me of that. Um, and that's, you know, that sees a little bit of play. Uh, granted, obviously this is legendary and can be, you know, commander. Um, yep. And it costs only one, which is, is, is wild. Um, but yeah, I do think that there, there are a lot of decks that, yeah, they don't really care about the... Um, the exile piece of it but the ones that do care about it are really gonna care and so uh i don't i wonder i do wonder how often you'll even pay the two you know like or you right, know if you're yeah, just using it's, it it's just, a nice static effect just to have out there yeah like you're just like oh cool it's a one one menace lifelink and it's just gonna exile everything when it dies i mean then i guess if you just have yeah it's like a it's a before the fact like, okay, cool, yeah, pay, I'll get of, one yeah one. the only effect well, the only only way I could see you doing it is there are a lot of Golgari decks that do the Ashnod's Altar um, with uh, a Dictate or a Butcher. So if you have something like that to where I'm getting the two colorless when I sack my creature to my thing, then all of you guys have to sacrifice and then I'll use that floating two to then make a 1-1 green pest. And I guess that would in theory be infinite. Because you sack the pest to the altar, you get your two, uh, everyone has to sacrifice. So I guess with this and Ashnod's altar, you just, your opponents never have creatures. Right, yeah, just Um, as long as they have creatures, you'd be able to continue to... But, you know, before we go to Squeeze uh, card, um, Mr. Budget Brews, I think you'll appreciate this. I think the Lizetti Dean of the Root is kind of like a budget overrun effect. Kind of. To where, you know, a a lot of those dual colored cards, it's, you know, come to the battlefield tapped, gain a life. Well, if you got Lizette out, hey, I'll play one of the you know precon lands that they give you. Hey, plus one, plus one counters. Everything gets trample. That seems pretty decent. It seems very good, honestly. Like, and it's the, I mean, the trample is good, but the putting a counter on each creature you control is very, 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 very good. Um, I, I actually like the other side is is very efficient, and so it is obviously good. Um, I, I I actually kind of prefer this side almost. I think black green life gain is kind of an interesting strategy, anyways. But the idea of every time you get, you gain any life, you can just pay a single mana and put a counter on each creature you control. Like the trample yeah, part is just gravy. But uh, it seems like that could get really, really out of control. Obviously, it's a little you need you need some setup. Um, granted, uh, she does pump herself, yeah. which is super helpful. Also, but yeah, I, I like that side too. I, I think it could be an interesting deck actually. Cool. Uh, Squee, what's your first creature card? All right. I am talking mono black for my first creature card. Uh, I'm talking Auric Lore Mage, uh, O-R-I-Q for those playing the game. I like this one. So two colors, two black, creature, human, warlock. It's a rare. Tap, search your library for a card, put it into the graveyard, or sorry, into your graveyard, then shuffle. If it's an instant or sorcery card, put a 1-1 counter on Auric Lore Mage. So... 
in a in a mono deck recursion, this is a very interesting piece that I think will fit and just pile on the tutors. This is an instant tutor all day long until somebody blows it up, I, which I assume they will. This is Entomb, and Entomb is yeah. like twenty something bucks. Yeah. I mean, it, granted, it's a repeat. Yeah. It's repeatable. It's not. It's not one cost an instant, but it's repeatable. Like it's this is wild. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's only a tap. You don't even have to pay for anything. It only costs four mana to get on the board, and then it just has a, a free tap ability. Yeah, it does seem good. It's it's one of those things, though, I'm wondering, because I looked at this card, too, and I was interested to talk about it, but I'm wondering if a lot of these graveyard decks, like when they're ready to do their Entomb, essentially what this card is, it's like, I'm ready to go off. Because Entomb immediately gets that stuff there. I got it's only one mm -hmm. mana. I got the rest of the mana to do my rigmarole or do whatever controlly thing I want to do. And I'm wondering if a lot of that community looks at this card and says, uh, four mana and I have to wait for summoning sickness, so it's a little too slow. But I wonder if this brings in for the casual catnip players, hey, I've always wanted to play an Entomb like deck, but I'm not paying $25 for Entomb and I don't play degenerate stuff. This seems like a fair way for me to get that same effect. Yeah, I mean, there are a ton of of, of budget ways to resurrect creatures from the grave. I mean, rise from the grave. What it's been printed a million times and is probably right. probably a dime. And you know, speaking just, of unrest, right? That, that sort of stuff. Like you just you know, you pay four or five mana and you just get whatever big thing back. And I don't even think you need to even play this necessarily as a combo. You can play it as a combo, I, I suppose, but just getting, just playing it for value and just, you know, reanimating a Villus or I don't know, some kind of gigantic, scary 8-8 demon, you know, like there are all yeah, sorts of things just, just might, go to town. <laughs> trying to think of like the silliest yeah, thing good for sure silliest thing you could you could stick in here into the graveyard that is is bad but is also fun like I'm, I'm trying to think of what i would do i mean you would lose the game but you could always put that um one chick in there where if you don't cast her from your hand you lose the game oh phage yeah. You, can throw, you, can, you can get Phage to the yard and then figure out a way to give all your opponents copies of Phage uh, so they just lose. See, I, I want to give somebody like some kind of big derpy, you know, nine mana, seven, seven flyer, like one of those really bad demons from the like beginning of the game that had, you know, people in our area all clutching their pearls because, you know, it was, you know, Satan taking over the youth. One of those, one of those demons um, <laughs> and just like resurrect it. And you feel like, I'm going to beat you to death with seven, 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 like it's going to take five turns, but you're going to do it. It's going to be hilarious. So that, that's the kind that's of thing funny. I want to do with it, but. All right. Well, uh, what is your creature card, good sir? So I think I have a couple, but I had a couple, like, actually the creatures were one of the ones that, one of the categories that I had a little bit harder time coming up with stuff. Um, but really? yeah, uh, I mean, when we get to it later, instants and sorceries, I have, though that's the little vast majority of what I'm, I'm going to be talking about. But, uh, so for my creatures, uh, conspiracy theorist, um, First of all, we need somebody to do an altar of of what is it from um, It's Always Sunny, Charlie Day. It's got that energy. It's It's got that energy going on already. So Conspiracy Theorist is a, a, a CMC2, Mana Value 2. God, that's going to be weird. 
uh, one colorless, one red, as a human shaman. Whenever a conspiracy theorist attacks, you may pay one and discard a card. If you do, you draw a card. And then whenever you discard one or more non-lands, you may exile one of them from your graveyard. And if you do, you may cast it this turn. I think this is going to pull a lot of weight in a lot of different decks. Um, one of the... the obvious, I, think, I think the most obvious home is probably Anji Falconrath. Badness stuff. Oh, yeah. um, not looking for... I play against Anji quite a bit. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> This is like being able to like, you know, discard a card and then draw a card and then draw another card if you're paying and being able to, you know, cast the cast one of the cards that you you exile you uh, discarded. That's that's crazy. Um, I think that uh, this is just another another way to help red and red's almost getting to the point as a color where it doesn't need a ton more help like it doesn't have this isn't yeah. give you card advantage it is close. This, is, this can be card advantage if you discard the right thing you know you discard a soul ring or something like oh cool the logs out sure. i have one mana shoot why not i cast it you know um but it just so it doesn't necessarily give you card advantage unless you are able to pay for it but it certainly gives you card velocity it gives you uh, it just lets you speed through deck that much quicker. And um, I think, I don't know, maybe you guys, I, I'm curious what you guys think about this. I think that one of the kind of traps for newer players, when they have uh, wheel effects, for example, think um, not wheel of fortune, because that's a dollars, but wheel of misfortune or windfall sure. or those sort of things. Um, there, there are two traps that new players fall into. They either cast it too soon where it's going to help everybody else more than it's going to help mm -hmm. them or they hold on to it forever waiting for themselves to get empty-handed because they're like oh i have these cool cards that i really really want to cast so i don't sure. want to discard those and so this kind of gives you a way almost to get around that like oh well you know you can pick one of them that you're discarding and you can still cast it this turn so i think i think that's fun yeah, yeah this card I, I, I think it's interesting i like that it's only one mana so you don't have to, you know, expunge a lot of your mana into this to get something and then play it after you attack. So like it does let you hold up a lot of your mana. I really wish it was legendary, like really, really, really. <laughs> um, that would be super sweet. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that holds me back on it, I think, is it's only a 2-2 with no evasion of any kind. So you're going to have to figure something out for that. Whenever you get this card, you're going to want to either... Make sure it's early game when you don't have people that have blockers already set up and or uh, maybe some equipment or something along those lines to beef it up a little bit so it doesn't just get get chump blocked and killed. Uh, but I do like its effect. I think, it yeah, it, it really gets you through your deck quickly. Just drawing extra cards, getting rid of cards that you have in your hand and then being able to just play them. It's kind of a nice, smooth motion. And the nice thing is it's yeah, on tack. It doesn't need to do damage, which is super helpful. Yeah. Right, right. So, yeah, the, the thing that I like the most about this card is I think if you're just looking at the top half, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because really, when I look at this card in its totality, it basically says when this guy attacks, you're going to exile a card from your hand and you're going to pay, you're going to get to draw a card and cast that card for one additional mana. That's really all it is. You're paying a one mana tax to draw a card. And think about this. If there was a legendary creature out there that said, whenever any of your creatures attack, 
you may discard a card, and if you do draw a card, you can cast the discarded card for its CMC plus one. It would be stupid. It'd be busted. It'd probably be banned. Um, it would just be a very powerful card. So uh, I think this card's very cool. I think I may throw this into my Brutoclad deck, and hopefully I can make like 10 copies of it and just do all the drawing and discarding, because uh, I think that'd be hilarious. Uh, but no, I think this is a cool card. It's trending right now at 360. If this come becomes like a two dollar card for even a short period, I you know I may pick up a couple, um, but I, I don't know if it's a three fifty to five dollar card. Nah, the, the, I mean the, I think you know if you want to get into the finance side of it, I can't think there aren't any cards that I'm going to pre order. I don't think. Um, yeah. I mean, and that's me every set. So every once you know I do miss out on the oh that's mothering tithe. You know that started out at two dollars is forty dollars <laughs> now, so sure. I do miss out on those. <laughs> but I also. Also, I'm not paying, you know, three fifty for this, and then I'll eventually pick it up sure. with a buck, you know, or whatever it ends up being. So, yeah. All right, perfect. Uh, let's go over to enchantments and Squee start us off. What's the enchantment you want to talk about? Okay, so I wanted to bring this up because I feel like there's something fun you can do with this. It's only an uncommon, and it just has some nice interaction. So I'm talking about detention vortex. <laughs> So it's one white enchantment aura. It's an uncommon enchant non-land permanent. Enchanted permanent can't attack or block, and its activated abilities can't be activated. And then for three colorless, destroy detention or sorry, destroy detention vortex. Only your opponents may activate this ability, and only as a sorcery. This feels like just weird shenanigans, and I kind of like it. I I saw this card too. It seems cool. I just need to figure out a way to get around that activated ability of the destroy effect. Yeah, like, that's what I was, way I I was can... kind of bringing it up because I didn't really figure anything out for this. So I was going to like bring it to the group to see what the collective minds could could do with it. I, I don't know of a way to break this. This feels like a budget version. It's so kind of a bad version of not path or not sword, but like something kind of like that um yeah. where you're instead of getting rid of it forever you're getting rid of it just for at least a little bit and uh or my gosh what are like pacifism effects but this stops activated yeah. abilities which is cool i i think i think this might have a home in like an enchantress deck just because there's so much synergy with enchantress but really i think this is one of those cards that's going to live and breathe in 60 card because i think this is actually extremely powerful for a 60 card format because you basically got one mana removal and in most games you only have five to six mana um, so it's like, are you going to spend half or over half of your mana to get your creature back? Or are you going to like progress your game plan? Oh, you did spend half your mana. Well, I'm going to only spend one mana to now take that out of play again. Um, and, and I still got two more in my, my pile. Um, but no, this is a very interesting card. I, I hope the collective figures out a way to disable that, uh, activated ability. Yeah. And, or it would work pretty well in like a, a, a winter orb situation. How so? Of course you bring it. Uh, or an Armageddon situation. People wouldn't be able too. to untap their lands, so they couldn't pay for the ability of it. Oh, and then true. it's just a lockdown effect. That's true. Huh. So that's all I got, though. That's as far as I can get with this thing. I think this but is... Y'all think about this it. Is, uh, this is peak um, cards I have laying around. Like, you know, this is... The person, oh, play, yeah. the person playing <laughs> this card is not somebody who is going to go to, you know, the local game store. Is not somebody who's going to be going to, you know, any of the online TCG player or Card Kingdom. This is the person who buys a couple packs at Walmarts. It's part Walmart of your binder bullshit. Yeah, exactly that. It is exactly that. And they're just like, oh, this is a white card. Cool. I'll throw it in my cat 
deck, whatever, you know, and <laughs> it's like, oh, cool. And then for sure. that, it'll be fine. So it'll be great. All right. Well, uh, Mr. Budget, what is your enchantment? No, sure. So there are only four enchantments in this whole set. Did you know that? Right. No, it is crazy. I was really mad at that. Right. It's so. Uh, so I think we have what a thirty-three percent chance of uh, having the same one there. Matching. Uh, exactly. Yep. So I'm going to go with uh, Lorehold Excavation, which oh, is more one, safe. Yeah. Oh, well, nice. Uh, which is one I actually was talking about uh, on Twitter the other day. Um, so Lorehold Excavation is a red and white, uh, an enchantment um, at the beginning of your end step. I'm sorry, excuse me. Uh, mill a card. If a land card was milled this way, you gain one life. Otherwise, Lorehold Excavation deals one damage to each opponent. And then you can pay five exile creature from your graveyard, and then you create a 3-2 red and white spirit uh, creature token that is tapped. I think this card is very, very cool. So um, I think the places I would first look at this um, are decks like Savine, uh, Lycia, Badrock, Alesha, yeah, Gen. Gen, Gen might be my favorite actually. Uh, Gen Arcanum Weaver, uh, the Enchantress guy, and so uh, oh, yeah. they you know use this to get cards into the graveyard, and then later when you're done with this, you sacrifice it again, and then you're like what your one of your horrible curses or whatever gigantic. Oh God, scary. Sir Nathan, do not listen to him. It's a bad card. <laughs> Don't do it. <laughs> and so um, you only want to play this in decks that either they care about the life gain or that they want to be able to use the the. And so there are a lot of decks in red, white, especially with all the stuff coming out now that that is the case. Mm -hmm. And so I think this card is actually super sweet. So I think it's going to be one of those niche things like I could see this in a Zedru deck, you know, give it away. Um, I just don't see a lot of Boros graveyard support outside of like Gin. Um, and maybe it's just, you know, like a lot of the ones you named off, like I've played against maybe a handful of them. Um, but I'm just looking at my like 40 decks and I don't know which one it's like, well, I either gain a life, which is cool, or I, uh, deal a damage to each person, but I lose a card because I'm, and that's one of the things that I'm just known for is I don't like draw spells unless I'm getting an advantage. Don't, don't tell me pay three for two. Like I'm not going to do it. That's, that's losing. That's not card advantage. That's just more rummaging to that point. Um, same thing with like a lot of the red card draw spells. It's exile off the top, and if you don't cast it, then it's exiled forever. I hate that kind of stuff. So I would be very interested to see someone put together a strategy in Boros colors, uh, or even if you have to splash in that extra one outside of the uh, known culprits, like again, uh, to see how this card could really uh, be impactful. Yeah, Lesha, I think, is a great one for it just because they want... Uh, creatures in the graveyard all the time and mm. um, Vadrock. I don't know if you guys got to play against Vadrock at all this last weekend. I know one of uh, my not. friends no, down here uh, when he was actually up there, Dennis, he came up for Tux Going Away Party and he has a brutal Vadrock deck. Uh, granted, in that deck, it's probably a little to do nothing for that, um, but Vadrock loves having stuff in the graveyard. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. There, there, there are some stuff. It is a little odd, and I think, and you're right, I don't have any, none of my decks uh, particularly want this, um, but it is one I'm kind of keeping in the back of my mind, one of those, I like, have this like list in the back of my mind of like, someday there might be a deck that wants this, because this is kind of a cool, cool uh, ability. 
I'd say probably in like two or three weeks when the next set comes out. It seems likely. Yes, exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I'm the last one on the enchantment train, and uh, like good old budget mentioned, we, there's not a lot. So I picked probably like the highest rated one, but it's to me the most boring uh, dramatic finale. It's all right. Uh, it's uh, four pips. <laughs> I can, and you tell can either, you love you can it. Pay, you can pay Orzov for either one. So it's Orzov, 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 like Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> uh, and it's an enchantment rare going for pre-ordering about 450. Creature tokens you control get plus one, plus one. Whenever one or more non-token creatures you control die, create a 2-1 white and black inkling creature token with flying. This ability triggers only once each turn. Uh, the end enraptured audience barely noticed their programs were suddenly blank so i think this is cool from a like if you're trying to do anthem effects and orzov this is an option but i really look at that second effect and that just doesn't it doesn't seem great to me i feel like if you're playing this in your deck you're doing it because it's an anthem and you already have all your white anthems out there and you just want redundancy that second ability and i don't know maybe you guys can convince me of it i don't think it's that powerful um about the only thing i really see it doing because it only triggers once each turn, yeah and it's a whenever one or more so it's, it's not even tough, like oh and you're really only happens, getting that one token doubler in white out of a token support yeah, I, I mean, there's Anointed Procession. Right. There is uh, Divine Visitation, which can turn them at That's least helpful. into angels, which isn't bad. Um, but yeah, it's just, I don't know. Andrew, what do you... Is there something that me and Squee are missing in that second paragraph? That's safe. This is very safe. Oh, okay. And I, and like, I mean, it's, it's fine. Uh, it's a four mana, and it doesn't really do much. It's kind of four mana do nothing, which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm very partial very to those. But uh, yeah, it's, it's just a super safe ability. And there are some decks that you might want this. Like if you have creatures that are continuously coming back from the, from the graveyard to the battlefield, you know, that you're sacking mm -hmm. with Viserys here, sacking with your all different altars or whatever. That can definitely work, but it's it's it seems very like a lot of hard work. It's a very uh, sweaty card, correct? Oh, sweaty. I, I mean, here if I'm <laughs> filling in for for Tuck, I gotta I gotta use his things. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta do his bits, right? <laughs> all right. Well, Oob, uh, why don't you kick us off with artifacts? Oh. What's your artifact? And there were some exciting ones in this set. Well, here's the thing. I think there is one artifact that is better than the, all the other ones. It has me solemnly swearing that I am up to no good, I promise. Rixhaven Stadium is... Yep, that's mine. Oh, yeah, it's... <laughs> it's, it's so good. So good. So I'm, I'm throwing this uh, into my Sabira deck, which will be hilarious. Um, so three cost um, all uh, colorless mana for an artifact, or generic mana, I guess. Um, you can tap it, add a colorless mana, put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, remove a point counter from Strixhaven Stadium. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to an opponent, put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Then if it has 10 or more counters on it, move them all and that player loses the game. We are playing Quidditch fam, and it is <laughs> wonderful. I am so excited. Uh, there. Yeah, so this yeah, it's so you can tap it if you have any untapping shenanigans. You can you know put all the, get a get a bunch of point counters on it. If you um, have ways to proliferate, you get one counter on there, and then you proliferate a bunch, and then you just have to 
boop somebody on the nose with an invisible stalker or something. Um, or you can do something like I was saying with my Subira deck where it's like I give all my little buddies unblockable and then I boop you on the nose for seven and then all of a sudden you die. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's kind of like infect almost. Yeah. Honestly, which... In all, but here's the thing. It, it, I don't think it's going to ha- draw the same hate as Infect does. Maybe I'm wrong. Well, Infect's harder to engage with because it's the counters are on a person versus this is an artifact which can be blown up. Yep. You know, then it's gone. Uh, you can't blow up your Infect damage. Um, and it says whenever a creature deals combat damage to you, remove a point yep. counter from it's it. It's a minigame. And it doesn't say whenever one or more creatures deal combat damage. So if someone hits you for five boops, three of them get through, you're removing three counters. So I think what they did with this design, and I don't, I don't care if people think I'm wrong, because I run a podcast channel and you don't, bitches. <laughs> uh, but I think what they tried to do is I think they looked at Infect and they're like, okay, how do we figure out a way to appease the commander players without increasing the Infect damage? Because we've we known for years they don't want to do that. They're not going to do that. They're also not going to change command damage. They're not going to change... Uh, you know, Sarah Ascendant, they're just, they're not going to mess with that stuff. So moving forward, how do we give people a way to do a fair version of Infect that could be, in theory, played in any deck? And I think that's what this card design is. It's three mana, so it's on curve with a lot of other mana rocks. You know, yes, it's a colorless, not a colored. Um, it would have been better if it said, I bet they would have to put it in the uh, commander product, but if it said add a color, to your commander's color identity and put a point counter on Strixhaven Stadium. Sure. That would, I think that would be a better design, but um, it could go in any deck. It's colorless. It's in a standard set, so that is going to drive commander players to buy it. And I think this could be a card. Right now it's about six bucks. I say if it tops out at 10 or less, I mean, hell, I think in our just play group here in Kansas City, there's probably... 30 decks that that card could go into and it completely makes sense like squee that makes sense in your reese deck i don't see why the hell you wouldn't do that um almost every deck that uh duffman owns it would go in there yeah so i think this 100 was a design of people are pissed about infect we're not going to change it and we would rather not print more infect cards how can we kind of steer the vision away or take away Sauron's eye from the ring over here to this pretty stadium? <laughs> I think that it, uh, I, I think it might be right. I think that, you know, people like the idea of Infect. They like the play of it, but it, it, the reality of it, uh, it ends up, you yeah. know, kind of not, not always being great. But I think the cool thing, they have, Watsi has recently added these like mini games, almost these game within a game kind of mm-hmm. cards. Like this is a great example of that, obviously. A wheel of misfortune is probably my 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 favorite example of one of those recently uh where it's like you have granted this is a continuous one and i think that's why it will be seen as fun as opposed to oppressive yeah. is because people just attack you it's, it's like the monarch it's it is encouraging combat and it's con- encouraging people to not sit there and turtle up and not sit there and just do nothing and you know sit on their thumbs it's encouraging people to get out there and you know beat the heck out of each other like you know like sport it's great yeah yeah definitely i i'm i for sure getting at least two of these one for reese one for anyone has to happen yeah, great card. Um, glad we're all in agreement on it. It's just wizards. You missed the boat. Should have printed this in the commander decks with tap add a <laughs> color of any of your commander's color identity. All right, Squee McGee, what is your artifact? 
All right, so the artifact I want to talk about actually is doubling up as my legend, too. Oh, interesting. Ooh. So I'm, I'm talking about Cody Vociferous Codex. Of course you are. Sweet yes. name. <laughs> Two, hilarious card. Uh, so three colorless legendary artifact creature construct. It's a rare. Uh, get ready for a mouthful here, everybody. You can't cast permanent spells. I repeat, you can't cast permanent spells. And then for four tap, add Wooberg. When you cast your next spell this turn, exile cards from the top of your library until you exile an instant or sorcery card with lesser mana value. Until end of turn, you may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Put each other card exiled this way on the bottom of your library in a random order. It's a 1-4. Holy Rube Goldberg Codex Machine. <laughs> this card's ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. I love it so much. This is this is casual catnip, one hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, this is great. I, I, ah. This is one of the ones that like made me enjoy this set more as I was reading through the cards because you see a lot of these little just fun, silly, but like could be interesting and, and just make for a really interesting and fun EDH experience. Oh. I don't particularly, I, uh, typically, I don't love the direction that uh, Watsi has gone recently with five color commanders. We're making them colorless, like, you know, Golos, or making them, um, you know, a single color like Kendrith, and so, and then having all of the colors um, in the text, because uh, it just makes it very, very easy. But this I actually really love because it is, as so many, it has a really big and frankly fun restriction on it. Yeah, so absolutely. it's like you can't cast permanent spells. Like that's a lot of cards in Magic, and so this is just yeah. a strange, goofy spell slinger deck, and I I love it. It's it's wonderful. Awesome. Uh, yeah, I think it's 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 interesting. Um, an all instant sorcery land deck isn't really my jam but i'm almost wondering it's like if you do secret tech with this to where really the deck is like an omniscience deck or not an omniscience deck um you know some sort of ridiculous spell deck um and everything is permanent and you're just like oh man i'm whiffing i'm whiffing and then like boom you land like some rise of the dark realms or something stupid like that um and just like ha ha ha, ha i secretly win um so uh but yeah it's it's interesting uh squee i fully endorse you building this yeah, this sounds like fun. Sounds like a lot of binder BS to me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm going to kick this one off with the instance. Uh, this is a card actually I think is extremely good. And it's modal, which I love. Quandrix Command. This is really good. Quandrix I really Command. like this card. Yes. Uh, it's a colorless Simic, which means it's a, a green and a blue. It's an instant rare uh, around 319 in the pre-order market. Uh, it says choose two, which you know we love that here on CMD Tower. Return <laughs> sure target creature or planeswalker to its owner's hand. Okay. Counter target artifact or enchantment spell. Interesting. Ooh, yeah. Put two plus one plus one counters on target creature. Okay. And then target player shuffles up to three target cards from their graveyard into their library. I honestly would say if I put this into a deck, nine times out of 10, I'm using it for the shuffle three card effect and then probably the bounce effect. Uh, the counter target artifact enchantment spell, there's better counters that you can do. And if you're sure. running this color with that, 
you're also in green, which means you have the best removal for artifacts in the game, pretty much, next to red. Um, so I don't think that's going to be like that neat, unless it's like an omniscience type enchantment where it's like, crap, if I don't do it, we lose. But the three target cards from a graveyard in the library, that is one that could be very, very sneaky because there's a lot of graveyard combos out there that do take a few cards in the graveyard to kind of make them do their magic and being able to like quick exile them like as maybe they're putting the final piece in will just devastate those graveyard decks. I, I dig it. It's this, it seems to land a lot of bases that Simic is good at as far as being a card that I feel like will fit into most Simic decks. Like, it, it has a lot to do with that. I like that they put the 1-1 counters on there. If you want to use that in a pinch, maybe you need to get your engine going in whatever deck. And then I'd kind of, almost not to counter your point, you know, but I want to talk about the counter. <laughs> I, I think it is very interesting that they threw that in there. Because artifacts and enchantments usually are, well, at least enchantments now, to me, seem pretty impactful. Artifacts are, it, it could be a dime a dozen of mm -hmm. mana rocks, or it could be something really powerful, but... Usually when somebody's playing an enchantment, they've thought about why it's in their deck and it's going to have something very impactful to do with it. Um, and it's almost, as we talk about enchantment removals, tough to come by. It's it's nice to have that. Yeah, I get any other counter spell just counters any spell, but yep. to have this with those other things that you get to choose two with, those are useful to be able to do that at the same time. I think the last, I think like you're saying, the last one, last ability, I, I think that you'll... I don't know if it will be the most used one, but it will be the most impactful when it is used. It will yeah. absolutely just get somebody. It's like, oh, I'm going to cast Living Living Death. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll exile your, or shuffle in your, uh, your Gary and your Massacre Worm and your, yeah. your whatever, and just completely hose them. And then just also get, you know, yep. to, you know, return something to your hand or whatever for your trouble. Mm -hmm. So I think that... There are not a lot of blue green decks that can't play this. Like it is, right. it is, it'll be one of those cards that it is not super, super good outside of very, very specific decks like Pier and Toothy or Counters decks. Like maybe mm -hmm. you would want this. Um, that might be an instant slam dunk. But I think in a lot of decks, this is kind of like one of those like uh, it, it can just fill so many different uh, holes in a deck and do yeah. it moderately well it's not doing any of the things super well it is doing everything medium well and that's perfect <laughs> and I, I will comment that three mana for a choose two effect is not expensive oh, at all the one thing i will end on and then we'll go to squee mcgee how gross would it be mystical tutor on the stack let me quandrix command take my own graveyard put my expropriate back in shuffle mystical tutor resolves expropriate to the top <laughs> why do you got to give people these good ideas i'm, I'm barfing Stop. over here this is all your fault <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah nothing like four mana recur expropriate all right uh squee mcgee what is your instant all right i also went simic I'm talking double major. Uh, so yeah. for green and a blue, it's an instant. It's a rare counter, or sorry, co copy target creature spell you control, except mm, it isn't legendary. Very good. If that spell is legendary. Uh, it does have flavor text. I don't know. That's a little, what, like a little. Uh, I think you just say it in fairy. your normal squee voice. I'm going to go super monotone. Now I can dedicate myself fully to Zotimacy void theory. That was a very normal squeeze voice. I love it. 
Uh, (laughs) No, I I like this card. Being able to copy a legendary spell, one, there's not a whole lot of ways to do that in Magic right now, so adding a couple of those is kind of fun. Um, And two, it's only two. It's an instant, so you can really use this in a timely moment when it would make the most sense to do so. You don't have to do it in a main phase. I think this will be a very fun card as well. You know, I like board interaction. I like games that are not just your typical, well, I'm going to do this, 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 y'all lose. Um, I think this will play off of that a little bit. It might, depending on the commander, as I start thinking through them, you could probably do some gross things with this as well. Yeah, I mean, like, the one thing, though, is, like, the instant, the reason it has to be an instant is because your creature spell has to be on the stack um, before you can cast it. So, I mean, you can't really do anything, like, when it's non-main phase unless you have, like, a Vidalcan Ori. Because uh, it's not even when it enters the battlefield, which I think would be like pretty cool. And they just did that in call time. Um, but one thing I want to point out, this is pre-ordering for $6. That's stupid. Um, and two, this card is filthy, especially paired with, uh, and Oob, help me out here. What was that blue card that got printed in Kaldheim to where choose darker creature and until, or uh, when the next tokens enter the battlefield, they enter as a copy of that creature. Oh, mystical reflection, I think. Mystical, mystic reflection, maybe. Mystic. There we go. Um, so like, that's where it seems real dumb to where you know, you can make, because, like, the whole restriction with that is you can't do it with a um, Legend. legendary creature, because they'll all come in and have to sacrifice themselves. So this is pretty neat to where it's like, oh, you know, and of course, I, I don't have one off the top of my head, but hey, that legendary creature I have on the stack I know is going to make a bunch of tokens. Let me copy this guy, get a second one, First one resolve, its tokens come out. Second one resolves before those tokens come out. Let me copy with Mystic Reflection, and now I have a bunch of them. Now I even have more tokens come out, and usually the legendary ones have the super busted stuff. So um, I think that's super, super cool. I love the flavor, Um, and I could honestly see this being a $15 card in a year unfortunately i mean lord knows simic needed help wow it's i mean it's it's, yeah. it's a rare and a standard set i don't know if it'll be super expensive but it is super cool i think anything that uh if your deck plays spark double you know or spark double kind of effects and you can play blue green then this is probably you know in the running uh for, you should take a look at it you know I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of I, I, what I want to do with this just for the meme is to do it with uh, the new Sakashima. Make a oh copy of the legendary <laughs> legendary clone copier and then copy. So you have three <laughs> copies of you know something, which I think would just be, uh, be a good time. <laughs> well, before we go on to Oob's uh, card, Oob, I do want to remind you, Smothering Tithe was printed in a standard set in the recent memory. That's true. That is, if if. Here's the thing. If this ends up seeing the same amount of smothering tithe, same amount of play as smothering tithe, let's let, let's check EGHX. Let's see how much uh, how many decks smothering tithe is in, shall we? Uh, this this will be fun. Smothering tithe is currently in seventy eight thousand decks. Oh my god! If double major, so yeah, I could totally see double major in seventy eight thousand yes. decks. I will. I, I am wearing a Kansas City Royals hat right now. If double major ends up in a seventy eight thousand decks, I will. Eat my hat. Eat 
part of it at least. <laughs> like I, I will, right. I will liquefy that thing and I will drink it. And I've had this hat for a really long time. It's really gross and really dirty. Oh God, that's so gross. All right. Well, uh, before <laughs> I throw up, uh, ooh, but what is your instant? Here's the thing. Have you guys heard of, of the, uh, there's a movie back in the, I think the eighties or nineties. And it was a, uh, award winner. I think it won a lot of awards. Um, Mr. Magma's opus, you know, that one. Oh, that's, I guess that's Mr. Holland's, but we're, heard of it. we're going oh, to we're gonna go with the Magma yes, opus. Mr. Yeah, Holland's yeah, yeah. opus. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're going with the Magma. Imagine, imagine Mr. Holland's opus, but instead of like this, like touching story where he like teaches kids and then has like this, like weird relationship with his deaf, his deaf son, like replace all of that with like lava and fire <laughs> and like, instead of like having this like touching concert at the end, he like burns the concert hall down. Like, that's what we got going on here. Okay. <laughs> so we got magma opus. Um, it is six blue red and is an instant. Um, and it says Mag- magma opus deals four damage divided as you choose among any number of targets. Tap two permanent target permanents, create a four, four blue red <laughs> elemental creature token <laughs> and draw two cards. And also in case that wasn't enough, you can also play pay a uh, blue and a red like twice. And you can discard this at any time to recreate, create a treasure token this i am going to build so many bad decks on arena because of this i'm going to waste so many wild cards and i'm going to drop so many rank what what am i what am i doing playing ranked i don't need to play ranked i need to play this against people who don't care uh i love this card i love it so so much i want to cast it with bonus bonus round and i want to reverberate it and i want to cast it with thousand years storm this is this is probably my favorite card from the entire set. The, the uh, art on it, I want to see that in foil because it looks incredible. Um, it's a bunch of like really kind of really small effects, but because it's an instant and because you get all of them, it it works. I think. Also, uh, <laughs> you, think? you can make. Well, we'll find out. Uh, here's this. I have. I have. I think five decks this that this dope. is going to go in. It's like an elephant coming out of yeah. the magma. Absolutely. Like, imagine, oh, imagine oh, getting run over by the. It's five too many decks. Five too many decks. <laughs> no, in, no. In, in EDH, so if I, you're spending eight mana, you should be pretty much winning the game. This ain't gonna win you shit. It is going to <laughs> win you the win you the game of who had the most fun, and you will have had the most fun. <laughs> uh, so, so I, I'm going to put this in my Melic tokens deck. I'm going to put this in my Mizzix decks, where this will cost like a blue and a red. I'm going to put this in my Golos uh, Gates deck, where it's cards i like tribal it's gonna go in my kiri treasure deck and it will probably go in my dragon deck just because i love it um (laughs) yeah it's i think if it was not an instant it wouldn't work um but because it's an instant you can sit there and you can hold up your eight mana (laughs) i'm saying that and i know exactly how bad that is and i absolutely do not (laughs) care like this is the card i'm most excited to cast from this set and they yeah, Good lord it's i can't wait to be a part of that game I, here's the thing i'm gonna thousand year storm and it's just, i'm gonna cast it i'm gonna i'm gonna almost kill one person I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do like 20 damage to somebody. It's gonna be so good. It's and then I'm gonna have so many elementals and so many things are gonna be tapped and I'm gonna draw like eight cards and it's oh it's it'll be beautiful. Jesus. 
<laughs> well, I have nothing else to say. Squeeze there anything that you want to say about this terrible? No, terrible, no, I can't. I can't even. Mythic? I can't even step on that that love letter you just wrote oh, to I'm this. Oh. It was a love letter. Oh, oh, don't don't worry. I got another love letter coming up. But we'll 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 oh, uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. All right. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to wrap up the instance. Now we're going to have Squee kick off the sorceries. Obviously you know, I did think of one thing mage. that I had to, to wrap up on Magma. I, I have to hear you say it. Uh, Oob, I have not heard you say your version of hot. It's hot. Like that. There, there it is. It is. It. There it is. You could call Magma Opus it is. It's a. It's a. a, a oh God, you, you just sounded like a Sesame Street character. I mean, it's a. It's a lava. It's a lava elephant careening towards you. Careening. Yeah, it's beautiful. Anyways, gotta move on. All right, so I'm Mr. Combo. What card did you want? What are we doing uh, next? You're Where talking about we? sorceries. I got all lost up in the. <laughs> um, so sorcery, I wanted to talk about Golgari. It is culling ritual. So two colorless. Black and a green. Sorcery rare. Destroy each non-land permanent with mana value 2 or less. Add a black or green for each permanent destroyed this way. Very good. Yeah, this is a token wipe for sure. Plus a whole bunch of mana. God forbid you have something to do with that mana, which I'm sure you do. Um, I like this card a lot. The only downside to it is it is a sorcery. If this was an instant, it would be busted. But... Um, I guess I need to read this flavor text. Your own frailty is your undoing. I am merely the one to expose it. I tried to read that as squee-like as I could. How did I do? That was yeah. very, very... I mean, I don't know if we could critique you on you being you. Oh, I, mean, I can. You, you hear me all the time. I'm not listening to myself. Oh, I can critique you rambling you out you. here. I can critique that. It'll be fun. <laughs> I, oh, man. Yeah, yeah go, go ahead. This card I'm indecisive off. I'm very indecisive. Because of the mana value two or less, that is good for your signets, your soul ring, your mana crypt, your grim monolith, and your artifact. No, because it's non-land. Your tokens, your land of war elves. It's basically just hurting the qu the qu people that start off quick or have those low to the ground creatures. And so, I think this is going to be a meta-dependent card. Meaning our play group that I think this would actually be a good card because we have enough token decks that we see regularly that I think you're going to get the value out of the tokens being destroyed at a minimum. But you're going to miss Ristic Study. You're going to miss Smothering Tithe. Um, you're going to miss Stasis. I mean, you're going to miss a lot of oppressive cards that usually it's like get rid of all of this stuff. Your ghostly prisons. It's just it's going to miss too many things that I see consistently that I think it needs to be your meta. If you have a bunch of token players, I think it's a fine card to put in there because it will do something. Um, but for four mana, you might you might as well just be better off running um, you know, like a, a price excluding like a damnation type of effect. I have a question. Yeah, I'm just thinking exanguinate right after this, just for fun, if you blow up a whole <laughs> bunch of tokens or something. Oh, sure. I, I think the question is, what is the minimum amount of things that you need to destroy with this to feel like it was worth Because, I mean, we can all think of... Seven. seven you, you feel like you need to destroy seven things. That was things. a gut response, but I'm going with seven. Oof. Okay, I don't know if you're going mean, like to like this all the time. I I was going to go 7 to 10 because here's the really? thing. You, huh. you, you don't want to just get the mana back that you paid into the card. That's not enough because you still lost a card. 
So you at least need to net enough mana out of it to where, because if you think about it, if you only net four and it's like, well, now I don't, I, I don't really have anything because I could have had a four CMC card in place of it. But if I do this and I net eight out of it, that's an additional four. Maybe that'll let me cast my Avenger Zendikar or maybe this is in my Marin deck. I can now cast Marin for the second time or third time. So I think you, you have to get some benefit out of it other than just because just think how bad it would be, Oob, if you did this and you just got your mana back and literally you blew up four like BS servos that weren't doing anything like you would be like, well, that was a waste. I mean, it's it could be. Yeah, there, there are definitely times that you don't want to cast this, I think. I think if you're able to hit, depending on what you're hitting, if you're hitting, you know, somebody's mana crypt and you're hitting on their... Uh, what what is their monolith so they're you know they're I'm, I'm trying to think of other busted mana rocks you know that sort of thing like yeah you could really be setting them back um <laughs> i think the more um more people like their two mana rocks like edh in general has moved away from three mana rocks to tor towards two mana rocks oh like overall and, and towards more mana dorks and towards more artifact ramp and so i think this plays well in that space because of how much more efficient uh, things are becoming um i think it is i think it might be a little bit better than i think it'll it, it could surprise you with how good it ends up being the other thing i think you can do i think if you're building some kind of weird black green tokens deck like gave or, or um uh, something like that you can use this as a way to like make a bunch of mana you know you mm. can use it to almost destroy your own things and just and if you get anybody else's stuff no, that, that's cool that's all well and good cool i killed a couple soul rings and lightning greaves and stuff but i just destroyed a bunch of my stuff almost like using it like a weird sacrifice outlet uh it's situational yeah so i, I think we can both agree on this though it's a whether you want to say meta dependent or deck dependent dependent card it's not something that we look at it and we're like oh this is a great board wipe this should be in all the golgari decks we're not saying oh, that not. correct no no no, no, no. Oh, okay good not a statement good all right Mr. Oob, what's your source? Uri. Nice source. Uri. Okay, so I have a question for y'all. Um, greatest common ever printed. What do you think it is? Counterspell. Soaring. Counterspell. Hmm. So, I mean, those are, those are good. Um, sadly, you're both wrong. Um, because the greatest Ooh. sorcery... Shots fired. The greatest... Not greatest sorcery. The greatest common ever printed is being printed in Strixhaven. Let me tell you about the majesty of Dragon's Approach. I love this card so, so very much. Uh, of course you yes, do. Yes, I do. Okay. Honestly, I thought you were about to go with the uh, two-mana colorless uh, rampant growth. That is a pretty cool one. Uh, I don't love it. It's, it's okay. Like, that is a good budget card. Uh, I don't love it, but I mean, rampant growth is a budget card, too, so... No, it's okay. Yeah, but so but dragon's approach is stupid. Dragon's approach is silly. Um, so two in a red sorcery. Dragon's approach deals three damage to each opponent. You may exile it and four other cards named Dragon's approach from your graveyard. If you do, search your library for a dragon creature card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. And a deck can have any number of cards named Dragon's approach. Uh, this needs to be like fifty cents. I wrote an entire article about this <laughs> just in like a fever dream. Right, it, it got spoiled, <laughs> and I just like sat down, basically in one sitting, and just typed out. This is like, 
I, I, it, it probably looked like one of those serial killer, you know, one of their like manifestos. <laughs> it's probably I haven't come back and like I, I kind of edited a little bit, but it's probably something similar to that. You know, one of those weird manifestos. But uh, this card's incredible. Uh, I, I love it. I love the fact that uh, you can have any. Well, what's the card <sighs> do? You, you you are essentially dealing nine damage for three mana, and then you can also exile them and find dragons. And what's the last thing? You can have as many of them as you want. It's wonderful. Oh my gosh! So basically, though, just to kind of clarify, at a minimum, you have to have five of them in your deck yeah, sure. to be able to do the the tutor. Effect, Absolutely correct. But yeah, you have to have at least five. Yeah, I'm of thinking. Them. I'm thinking we go like at least fifty of these yeah, in the deck. I'm, Somebody's the got deck to. that I built had forty, and so Good. oh my god, the forty Good. of these. It's uh, yeah. It's I really hope it goes down because right now I have forty of these and these are sitting right around two fifty. Uh, that's a hundred yeah. bucks, and I'm not. I'm certainly not paying that. I can't imagine anybody else. This wants hilariously it could be cheaper to buy boxes to get this card than to oh, buy this. Card. For real, I think it'll go down. I think it'll go down a little bit. I don't know that it'll go below a dollar, but um, they have too many of these card. These kind of cards get printed, and you know, uh, relentless rat rats and persistent petitioners, and they always end up being expensive. But I want to play it with cards like Spellweaver Helix, where you get to like imprint two sorceries on it under it, and then anytime you cast one, you cast the other. Oh god! And so I cast a single one of these, and then I'm casting two of these. You know, uh, there's other just a locket of yesterdays. This is just this locket of yesterdays for every card that you have in your graveyard. Uh, so like, if I had two uh, dragons approaches in my in my graveyard. Instead of paying three mana, I'm paying one mana because it makes it cost one generic less for each card of the same name in my graveyard. You know, just like stuff like this. I just want to burn. I want to watch the world burn. And then I want to get <laughs> giant dragons. And this card is everything that I want to do in Commander. I will not win often with it. I will not. Because, <laughs> and, that, and that is okay. I, what I will do is I will make the game go quickly. There will not be very many uh, two-hour two-hour turtle fests when I come with my dragon's approach deck. So even if I die, it will have been worth it, and it will I will have had the most fun, and that is okay. Well, well, you know what you need in your dragon's approach deck? A uh, panoptic mirror. Uh, that's banned. Is it panoptic mirror? I'm uh -oh. fairly certain. Yeah, bandit commander. Yeah, I just I wrote a bunch of stuff. Actually, hopefully those get released sometime about uh, the band list. Yeah, panop, panop. And yeah, that was one of the ones I wrote about. Ooh, Mr. Combo, you well, could have been in a prime time situation there. Uh, yeah, well, this will now be uh, coming up for Council of the Unbanned because that's ridiculous. Oh, it's, oh and no, it needs to be banned. Are you kidding me? Ooh, imagine putting any kind of extra turn spell on this. Sure. You just win. Sure. Like, you're like, ah, cool, like, pay five. Uh, you don't win, though. Extra turns don't win you the game. It just means you draw out your library, and maybe you have a way to win. Well, if you don't... <laughs> unless you... Unless, like, an actual monkey put together your deck and just, like, <laughs> shuffled in random stuff, if you, can't, if you can't take every turn, you can't find a way to win, then you have done something very, very wrong. We'll get into this later. Hot, hot takes uh, aside. <laughs> Anyways, so Dragon's Approach. Uh, yeah, Dragon's Approach, very cool. Um, the one I'm going to be going with, this is the modal card that I was talking about. Uh, one side is a creature, which we will not be talking about. It's the Augmenter Pugilist. Yeah, uh, Curse Cat, man. But the one I'm more excited for is Echoing Equation. 
the backside of the uh, Augmenter Pigulus card. So Echoing Equation is three colorless blue blue. It's a sorcery and it's a rare. It's, uh, Pre-ordering for about four bucks. Um, and it states, and I love this, choose target creature you control. Each other creature you control becomes a target of it until end of turn, except those creatures aren't legendary if the chosen creature is legendary. Holy crap. That is stupid. That's absurd. It's very uh, good. This, this card's going to have to go up in price because there's some commanders that if you made a bunch of your creatures your commander, you, I think you just went on the spot borderline yeah. i mean think of like angry omnom get them all out there play a single land and it's just a billion three threes that are ready to lightning bolt you it's well you couldn't yeah well no i mean yeah. it wouldn't be in the uh it wouldn't be with rook or uh with omnom as the uh commander just like right, you know omnath right. could be in the 99 like sure. just the you know partnering the different legends together it is very very dumb um that's really all I have to say about it. It's really dumb. I'm ready to break this thing wide open. I just have to find Simic decks to put it in, and I think I'm already going to put it in my Azuri Partitioners deck. That makes sense. Turn uh, all seven of my Partitioners and my Azuri all into Azuris, then play a single Partitioner and gain like eight experience counters, and then get eight uh, beginning of combat triggers to throw eight counters for each of them onto a creature. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'm not excited for that. <laughs> oh, it's gross. What do you guys think of it? That's all I have to say about it. I'm not excited for you to do that. I think it is. It gets, I'm scared. It's got some setup value. It feels kind of like Bruticlad uh, a little bit, uh -huh. which is fun. Bruticlad is a really, really cool deck. Um, you can do, yeah, you can do some silly, silly stuff with this. I'm trying to think of, um, oh my gosh, I just had it. I just had something. I mean, I'm trying to think like an AC uh, where you just get to play a million lands or Katiova play a million lands uh -oh. and, uh, you know, draw a million Katiova. cards or, um, that wasn't it. Oh my goodness. It's going to come to me and I'm, it's all right, man. See, senior cynicism. It's a real it thing. Is. I mean, it's, it's, the, it's, cynicism. it's right. It's the COVID vaccination, man. That's what did it. It's, uh, <laughs> 5g has been activated and I, um, yeah, that, that, I think that's, it's probably messing with my brainwaves. Man, what, what, gosh dang it, I had a really cool one, and it was like, oh, that's really fun, and then it just, I'll come back to it if I, if I find it. Anyways, it's cool. All it's right, cool. Fair All right, well, I think that's going to wrap up the sorceries. Now, we're going to head over to our favorite planeswalker. Uh, we will start with Sir Budget. Uh, you only had three options, so right. I mean... But which one did you pick? Uh, I picked um, Will and Rowan. I think that Will and Rowan are kind of cool characters. Uh, and they, wow. All right. Yeah, they help me. Um, they make my instants and sorceries cost one less. And I love instants and sorceries. Uh, that's really the basic reason that I picked them. I <laughs> I can't see myself. I don't know. I could I could maybe see myself trying this out in one of my decks. One of my, I have a bunch of visit decks. Um, <laughs> so I could see myself trying it out, but I, I don't know the, it, 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 they're cool cards, but if, and if I had to pick, pick a planeswalker, this is definitely the one I would pick. Um, I think you're typically wanting to play yeah. this on the row inside, uh, only costing three mana and you can try to, uh, you know, get up to its, uh, emblem, which helps you copy. Yep. They're like a Mirari ability or whatever, but yeah, they're, they're, they're a cool card. I would not be unhappy to see it in a deck. 
Yeah. Um, I agree, because like Will's uh, ultimate, which is a minus seven exile up to five target permanents for each permanent exile this way, controller creates a four, four blue red elemental creature token. Like I'm not trying to go, because it comes in with four, then we go to five turn one, six turn two, seven turn three. I'm not trying to go to four turns, kill my planeswalker, Exile five permanents, which is powerful, but then I'm giving you guys five, uh, four, four, red, blue creature tokens. That just doesn't right. sound great. And then even the minus three for draw two cards. So I do agree. I think if you play this, you're going to have to play it with Rowan. I just personally wished they would have left the brother and sister separate and did another partner with. I know partner with's not really a mechanic in this set, but the first time we got to introduce to Will and Rowan was in Battle Bond with that partner with uh, each other. And so I think that would have been a very cool thing to do. Um, Cause in that, you know, I don't know if they're still doing brawl, um, but if they are, that gives you uh, legendary options. And that would give us flexibility as players to say, oh, well, I really like Rowan. I just want to put her in my deck that doesn't have blue. Or will, you know, maybe I put that on my Planeswalker deck. I mean, probably not because it's bad, but it's an option. So uh, that is one design piece I wish. Split them apart, partner with, um, and then that way you can play them independent. I can see that, yeah. I mean, the Lannister twins are fun. Everybody likes them. So, <laughs> Sweet, any thoughts? Um, I, I really like for the instance and sorceries thing. Yeah, I don't, I don't foresee using a whole lot of, of the other effects on there often but i think it is very interesting and it's again on theme with what they're trying to do in this set which seems to be very instant and sorcery yep. related which makes sense because it's all wizard harry's so i'm on board with it all right well i'll maybe be going with my next planeswalker and this is one that squee and i very well may share she's the uh, uh no it's not wow um it's the uh, sexiest teacher on the staff uh, Professor Onyx. Uh, she can oh. be a little rough or rocky at times. Get it? It's a Pokemon joke. Uh, okay. So God. she costs a uh, four colorless black black legendary planeswalker Liliana. Um, she's a mythic. She comes in with five loyalty and has three effects and a static effect. So I'm going to do the, the, the actual activated abilities first because the static effect is why I'm in love with this card. Plus one, you lose one life, look at the top three of your library, put one into hand, and the rest into your graveyard. That seems pretty decent. Minus three, each opponent sacks a creature with the greatest power among creatures that player controls. I love that, and it keeps her alive with two loyalty. Minus eight, each opponent may discard a card. If they don't, they lose three life. Repeat this process six more times. That seems real stupid as well, but Magecraft on this card is actually where I think it's gonna shine, especially in your spell slinger decks. Magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery spell, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Basically, if you have a way to chain or storm off, you will then kill everyone at the table. And yeah, that's, I that's love nasty. That is nasty. Good finisher. Just as a static ability, too. Like, that's... Yeah. Oof. Like, and oof. think about it. If you run this in a deck purely for... Um, like I could see Sir Nathan running this in his Aloro deck, not because he does any stupid instant sorcery stuff, but he's going to cast instant and sorceries. That's life gain, which he wants. That's life loss for us, which he wants. And there's some value in it. It's like, okay, well, I don't need lands anymore. Let's plus it. Let's start looking at my cards. Um, and then maybe it gets to eight. And if it does, that's a very powerful effect. So 
Uh, ooh, what do you think of this card? Do, Not your cup of tea, I take no, it? No, that's fine. Uh, I think, it's, I think <laughs> it is a card that you can throw into pretty much any black deck and yeah. you'll probably be okay with it honestly like it's it's good i don't love the infinite combo was it chain of smog kind of thing that's just kind of uh mm. i don't know that's the uh, sad trombone womp, 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 <laughs> way to end a game just like completely take deflate the balloon it's like cool that was fun you did it uh, but it is a cool card and i i like i like her as a just like a generic value walker i think she's very mm-hmm. very I don't like the price point though. Her going for almost thirty bucks right now, and I have a yeah, feeling if she, nasty. if, if someone know. figures out something in like standard or historic, you know, it's going to get up to like a fifty dollar card. Yeah, I'll that's say, already this going down anytime is. soon. So, all right, well, Squee, what's the third and final Planeswalker? All right, last one, Simic herself. Uh, so Cosmina Enigma Sage. So one colorless and Simic Legendary Planeswalker Cosmina. It's a mythic. Each other planeswalker you control has the loyalty abilities of Cosmina Enigma Sage. I think that's something I'd never seen before, and I love it. Just as a static ability, I do like that they're starting to throw static abilities on planeswalkers across the board. It's interesting. I think it gives them a little bit more juice, which I usually have not been a big planeswalker fan, but I'm starting to like these new ones. Uh, and then it has plus two for scry one, uh, minus X, create a zero, zero green and blue fractal creature token, put X one, one counters on it, which is equal to the minus X cost. Uh, and then it has minus eight, search your library for an instant or sorcery card that shares a color with this planeswalker, exile that card, then shuffle. You may cast that card without paying its mana cost. Like I, Mr. Combo, correct me if I'm wrong, but this screams super friends. It does. It just, it takes what four five or four six eight it takes four turns to do it after it comes out um but i will say no i think you play this after the fact when you have five or six planeswalkers with a lot of loyalty on them you play this and then they have that ability available oh i see what you're saying yeah i mean eight eight eight's like a typical uh ult on for most planeswalkers so Uh i don't know how often you're gonna be able to plop it down and activate the minus eight on like multiple of them but i was gonna say this um and i'm wondering i just popped in my head so since war they've started doing these static effects on all the planeswalkers you know mythics still get the three abilities rares i think two uncommons one um do you guys think they started to put the static effect essentially making it a planeswalker and an enchantment without the enchantment subtype they did that to force opponents to attack the planeswalkers more because people are just getting static uh, benefits from it. Because before it's like, well, do yeah. I care about their plus or minus? Uh, I don't know. I'll just let it lie. But like, you know, your Teferis of the world or the Narsets, it really forces the opponents like, oh, I have to kill that thing. Because that's also what this card kind of screams to me. You don't kill the other planeswalker, you kill Kazmina, so the other planeswalkers can't do the minus eight. Um, or, you know, can't put out the tokens or doing the multiple scrying a turn. So right. what do you guys think about that? I, I, I do think that they are starting to do that because, yeah, it was getting to be kind of a theme where planeswalkers just sat around unless people really knew it was going to be a big deal. So they were kind of just almost... Like I've always felt they have been kind of on the side of any EDH game. They're not really a part of it. Um, oh, this just popped into my head, Mr. Combo. 
You use this also as a three mana essentially enchantment like you're describing these as in your super friends deck and then all the cards that you have in there that only have a plus one have a plus two so they can get to their thing faster. Mm, oh, I like that. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. yeah. I think that it... Dude, um, what do you think? Yeah, I think that it's... Uh, I think they added it because there's only so many things you can do with planeswalkers unless you do something like this and so i think it's something that it just it makes them more interesting instead of just having your generic you know three you know the plus plus ability you know make a creature or draw a card minus ability kill some protect itself and then ultimate win the game um it's uh it gives something else it gives more interesting things to be done so so you have, oh man, I'm on, I'm just, I'm losing it here. Team, team planeswalker ramp. So you have a doubling season, then you plop this out and then you ultimate <laughs> oh a bunch God. of them at the same time. It's so much fun. So do you know how many uh, cards, how many planeswalkers just from War of the Spark that with Kazmina giving all of them a plus two can ultimate the next turn? Yeah. Like you say, you have Arlen, Voice of the Pack. That's one. You have Huatli sun's uh the sun's heart which is like the butt one that has comes down with seven um liliana dreadhold general comes down with six kaya comes down with seven kiora comes down with seven Nihiri comes down with six like there it's you can you drop this and i, I think you're using this as a lot of ways just to give like you like kind of like you guys are saying like this plus two to uh to that let, lets these walkers tick up so you can do some really fun things, I think, with Casmina. Cool. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up our Planeswalkers. Now we're going to head over to lands. And actually, this is usually the one where it's kind of a struggle for us over here at CMD Tower. But um, I think there were some cool lands in this set. And the one hey. I'm most excited for is Hall of Oracles. Yay, that's mine. Hey, it. uh, it's a rare. It taps for a colorless. I could pay colorless and tap it to add one man of any color. But Squee, why don't you tell the audience why this is you and I's favorite land card? Well, if you just give it a little tap, taparoo, put a 1-1 counter on target creature, activate only as a sorcery and only if you cast an instant or sorcery spell this turn. I love it. It comes untapped. You can use it immediately as even still a ramp card. Granted, it's colorless. You can use it as a mana fix in a pinch. And you get 1-1 one, one counters when I assume you're going to be running a lot of instants and sorceries. Yep. Mm -hmm. Like, for me, I like this card because it is useful without the plus one counter and doing the instant sorceries. It still taps for mana. Um, you could say it's probably more useful than Temple of the False Gods, which burns you more than it helps. Um, <laughs> the filter effect, I'm not... I don't, I don't think filtering is actually a thing unless you're running Signets or you're producing like an absorbent amount of colorless mana um, and you have a place to put it. The, the filter, I don't think will get used, but this last one, and I'm gonna make a statement. I If I had any way, like depending on my instant sorcery count, as long as I'm 12 or more instant and sorceries total, I would run this card in that deck. And if I was able to activate it four times throughout the game, I'm happy. That's right. I mean, is that crazy to say? I mean, only four plus one counters and I lose a color, but I think the upside of it is just so massive. And that plus one counter, it's just going to start slowly creeping up. You throw that on your evasive commander. You throw that on your unblockable rigmarole. Uh, it could slowly win you the game. 
Yeah, I I think it's a very meat and potatoes, but very yeah. useful card to have around. I think it's sneaky good. Um, I do think that, you know, obviously, depending on how many colors you're running, would depend on um, how many non-basic slots for non-basics you have. But uh, if you have a yeah. slot for non-basic and you have you have a decent amount of instances of sorceries and you're going to try to kill with creatures, yeah, this is great. Yeah, I'm a little worried when I'm looking at the pre-order price because it is pre-ordering for a buck seventy-seven and it being a rare. I'm I'm wondering if they're going to print a bunch of these or is this just going to slowly creep up because availability is going to be maybe this will be really there. there. They always seem to have like one stock rare that shows up a whole bunch <laughs> in every box. Like this I could hope be so. That one. I mean, if this if this can get under a dollar, then I think it's worth picking up a bunch of copies and just having them. For, for when you're building decks. I would bet yep. actual dollars that in six months, this is 50 cents. Ooh. If somebody, I don't know if you all, you all like betting, but I would bet that this is 50 cents in six months. Okay, I will bet you that I if it's 50 cents, I buy your Hall of Oracles. If it's not 50 cents, you have to buy me one. <laughs> Deal, let's go. <laughs> I'll raise that bet. Make it, make it 10. Then if what? it goes to like 10 bucks, somebody gets screwed. Oh, oh man, that would be rough. <laughs> Uh, all right well sweet what is your land uh that, that was my land oh yeah that's right duh sorry we're recording way too long uh good old Uhub, what is your land i'll keep this one short and simple because we are kind of running along uh the campus cycle i think are great um i, yep. I yeah they're they're great budget lands uh i like being able to scry it's expensive but i think that um I think that overall they're going to end up being better than the life gain lands unless obviously you mm -hmm. have life gain synergies and i think they're better in gates unless you have particular gate synergies i think they're just an upgrade um from those yeah i know i completely agree um i mean it's pretty much i don't know why you would run this unless there is a synergy to have another non-basic like the life gain uh like the scry there's that new commander that cares about scrying um so unless there's some weird funky thing that you have to have these just worse lands just run these yeah i, I yeah, think i think that, they're good they'll be fine so all right well squee we only got two sections left you being cmd tower royalty you get to do the legendary creature so what legend do you think is the most interesting from Strixhaven? I've got one over here. I already did my legend, remember? Oh, that's right. Codex. Oh, nice. mm -hmm. All right. Our special guest, Uba. What is yours? I love all of the Elder Dragons, but I actually decided to go for a different one. I am going for definitely not Tom Marvolo Riddle, uh, Lord Voldemort's uh, Extus Auric Overlord. Um, definitely, clearly, clearly not Voldemort all. Um, <laughs> so it, there are two sides. Um, it is, uh, first side is a one white, black, black legendary creature, human warlock with double strike. And as magecraft, whenever you cast or copy an instant or sorcery, you get to turn a turn target, non-legendary creature card from your, your hand. Uh, that's, that's fine. It's not great, but it's fine. Um, yeah. like it, it'll, it'll gain you some value over time and it's double striking. So you can do some cool things. Equipment, like it's great. Um, it, but I'm actually interested in the other side. The flip side is a sorcery, Awaken the Blood Avatar. For six black, uh, red, it's a sorcery. As an additional cost to cast a spell, you may sacrifice any number of creatures. This spell costs two less to cast for each creature sacrificed this way. Uh, each opponent sacrifices a creature. Create a 3-6 black and red avatar creature token with haste, and whenever this creature attacks, it deals three damage to each opponent. So Gosh, this is so you. I love it. It's great. Um, <laughs> this is, it reminds me of Torgar, um, the famine incarnate or whatever, where you 
can sacrifice creatures to make it cheaper and you can get around the command tax. So uh, this is very rarely going to cost you the uh, eight mana. Uh, yeah. It's going to cost you a black and a red most of the time. And uh, the, I wish that the uh, stats were a little better on the avatar this creates, um, but I do like that it has haste, and I do like that when it attacks, it does three damage to each opponent no matter what. I like that yep. it's removal. Oh, yeah. That's that's rough. Do some some double up also on just attack phases and ugh. yeah. So I just want to cast this as many times as I can. You know, just have a bunch of uh, have a bunch of little tokens. You know, with Edrixar or something like that and. Oh, uh, you know, it'd be funny is if you built a uh, avatar tribal deck around this and then ran that. Um, I think it's a red enchantment to like whenever a creature you control attacks, you add like a color to your mana pool or something like that um, to where you, in theory you're swinging with all these avatars. You're doing all of this, you know, getting all this mana. Then you sack a bunch of your tokens. You cast the awaken multiple times. Um, and then do it again with like an like an aggravated assault. I mean, you're talking like a 15 to 20 mana investment, but I know that's the <laughs> world you like to live in. It is. I I think it's I think it's a fun card. It's 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 cool. Yeah. Cool. All right, mine. Um, <laughs> I, I I have to make a home for this in Brutaclad. Galazeth Prismari. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> Two colorless is it that is a blue and a red legendary creature elder dragon mythic three four uh, pre-ordering for about 10 bucks it has flying uh, when it etbs create a treasure token artifacts you control have tap add one mana of any color spend this mana only to cast an instant or sorcery spell um this truly is making me reconsider converting and i think there's actually a card coming out in commander 21 to convert my brutoclad from the all permanence tribal thing to actually have instants and sorceries because there's so many cool things to do sure. um but yeah this this seems like there's ways that you could make this bu 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 busted um, I, have to I just assume. haven't figured them out yet but they have to have ways the colors seem right the, it has all the familiar symptoms of treasure tokens and other things and artifacts yeah, this yeah. has like a weird Urza feel to it because, like Urza, you know, you could tap your artifacts for a blue. Yep. Yeah. This. Yeah. It, this is kind of. It's kind of bad Urza, but that's a, not a bad thing. That's not a bad place to hey, be. Hey, it's already in five decks <laughs> on EDH Trick. People will, are onto it. Yeah. Like Urza is a little, a little much in my opinion, and I think this hits that uh, about right where you want to be. The sweet level. spot. Oh, it's that sweet spot. Oh, yeah. It's great. All right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap up our legendary creatures. And guys, this is the one that I'm actually most excited for. We are on to the Mystical Archive. So as a reminder, these are the ones that you can get in collector boosters. Um, I think they have a guaranteed three in each collector booster. Um, that's correct. It might be two. Uh, and then they have even more special ones that you get in the Japanese booster boxes. But those have like a one in a case or one every few boxes chance in the collector booster world to also be in there. So, um, Oob, you are our guest. I want you to start us off. What instant and sorcery card really perked your interest in the mystical archive sure. and was it for the card reprint because of maybe financial implications or was it because of the new art i so uh i'm not a big fan of the japanese ones i just that's not really my art style for the most part oh, really? yeah i'm not a big like a lot of it's kind of anime kind of anime art and that's that's not my jam mm -hmm. that's okay um but the one that i thought was the coolest and it's not actually not a card i run 
in any deck is uh, Adventurous Impulse. Um, the adventurous, adventurous Impulse is a one green sorcery. Look at the top three cards of your library. You may re reveal a creature or a land card from among them, put it into your hand, and put the rest on the bottom of your, of your library in any order. It's a fine card. Like it's, it's not an expensive card. You can find it for probably a nickel. Um, but the art on it is just wonderful. Like I, that art is great. It's so good. Like, uh, it's the whole, I'm going on an adventure, you know, that thing. Like it just, I want <laughs> yeah. to go and stop playing magic and I want to go and walk around in the woods <laughs> for, for a couple days. That's how it makes me feel. So if I had to pick for like actual like gameplay, um, and the art's on, it's good. It, Source of Plowshares is great too. Um, oh, and yeah. that's actually one of the Japanese ones. I do love that Japanese art. The, um, Source of Plowshares art is, whoo, but yeah, adventurous, <laughs> adventurous impulse was my pick. All right. Uh, and there's nothing wrong for picking for art. Oh, it's so cool. That's just like, that's just like saying my fiance picked me because of my charming good look. <laughs> um, so Squee, <laughs> what is your mystical archive? So I got pretty upset when I started looking at these because uh, opposite of Oob, the ones that you're going to get in all these packs, I, and I'll repeat this, don't get too upset. I hate how these cards look. Really? Interesting. I don't know why. Huh. I hate it. It it looks so, it looks like a really cheesy altar to me on every single one of them, and I hate it. Interesting. I love the Japanese ones, though. I think those look really cool. So, I, I was just giving a, a general overview on the art. I didn't actually pick a card because I got a, a little bit of red rage when I was looking at it. <laughs> it just kind of couldn't do it. Um, but the Japanese ones are super cool, and I wish those were all of them because I think they like the way they did the borders. And regardless of if it's anime art or not, like there are some really cool ones like the, um, what is this? Uh, crux of fate one with the dragons on there is super yeah. nice looking um i just hate the border i really do it looks so it looks bad to me i mean honestly I the borders remind me of the uh Amonkhet invocations but they're that, that's probably why i hate it so much i hate those two uh, so you're so what you're telling me is that you love the faithless looting art that's what you're telling me? Yes. Oh my god. That faithless looting art is so bad. <laughs> I about picked that just to troll you guys. Oh, it freaks me out. It, <laughs> yeah, it really it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I still right. think it's well, fake art. I'll round this out. Um, the one that I'm actually talking about, because I, I, I like the I'm starting to like playing this card more, and the uh, Japanese art's like totally metal man. Uh, <laughs> so I'm talking about D Spark. So that's the oh, Orzov yeah. instant exile target permanent. Uh, with mana value four or greater. But if you look at the Japanese art, he looks like the dragon from Dragon Ball Z, kind of, and but his soul's getting ripped out from his chest, and mm -hmm. there's like ninjas fighting him. It is ridiculously sick. I can see that. Yeah, that's. I love these Japanese arts. I think they're really cool. But the one that. I absolutely love, and of course I have to mention it, is they are reprinting Demonic Tutor, but that Japanese art for Demonic Tutor, Ultra Budget Brews, this card is sexy. Like, all white, and it's like black shadow, and then there's like blood coming all over them. Oh, man. I'm yeah. trying to look for it. Uh, oh, is that, that's the uh, red and white one? Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's really, really nice. It is, it is pretty cool. I, I can see how somebody would like it. Like I said, not my, not my <laughs> style, but uh, it, it, it's pretty cool. Fair enough. 
Well, guys, that wraps up our not-so-accurate set review of Strixhaven. Uh, hope you guys learned a little bit. I learned a little bit. And, uh, yeah, just make sure that you crack lots of packs because, you know, me and Tuck aren't going to do it, and we need to buy your singles. Well, that's going to wrap up What's the Plane Chase. Now in that last segment, Squee dives into those creative juices with the Weatherland Award. Weatherlight Report coming to you live from Weatherlight Chopper 5. I am Squee McGee. So I'm going on theme. I pulled it off. I think. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. It's uh, it's Harry Potter themed. Yes. So I'm going with Tibor and Lumia. Uh, it's a legendary creature human wizard, Harry. And it's a rare. Oh, is that? And it is two colorless, a blue and a red. And yeah, get ready, Mr. Combo. There's a lot of wizard Harrys. Um... Whenever you play a blue spell, target creature gains flying until end of turn. Whenever you play a red spell, Tibber and Lumia deals one damage to each creature without flying, and it's a 3-3. I think it could be kind of fun. <laughs> uh, this definitely feels like something that might have popped up on a budget bruise at some point. Is this one? Uh, I, was actually, I was actually just searching it. I was looking for my uh, article <laughs> that I wrote. Yes. It was back in 2017 in July. Yes, it wow. was there quite a while ago. So you, you, you picked a perfect one, Squeak. Yeah, this one seems like there's some jank that you can do. Because you could even do, like, there's uh, creature cards that you could play that, uh, like, uh, what's it? angel of or archangel of uh the one that all your creatures gain flying all your opponents lose flying um, oh so th oh, there's let a me, lot let of me tell you exactly because that is one oh. of the archetype of imagination oh there we Bam. go hey yeah. that's Segway. card number one Love it's it. gotta be in there so yeah I'll, I'll just read about that now just because you know it came up naturally Four colorless and two blue, enchantment creature, human, wizard, Harry. Uh, yep, that's another wizard, Harry, if you're counting. Uh, exactly what Mr. Combo said. Creatures you control have flying. Creatures your opponents control lose flying, can't have a gain flying. Just board wipe on, board wipe on, board wipe yep. on, board wipe. Seems good. Ooh, it very, does have flavor cool. text. Is it not the embodiment of our aspirations? Procopios, astronomer of Melitus? <laughs> wow, you did good with that. Way well, better than me. Crushed it. I... I, I have a, I have a, a I don't wouldn't call it a great lexicon, but I can read the letters really well. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, this does exactly what your deck wants to do, which is give all your stuff evasion and get rid of it all for your opponents. Because hey, that makes it easier for you to smack in. But when you start chaining off um, those uh, red spells, then you, like you said, uh, Squee, you just board wipe everyone. Yep, gotta have it. Um, now I'm curious, Oob, because I'm I think this card is newer than than when you wrote about this, so it couldn't have been in yours. Uh I'm talking about Kaza Royal Chaser next. Oh yeah, definitely not in that. So yeah. yeah, blue and a red legendary creature, also human wizard Harry. Uh it's a rare flying haste, and then tap the next instant or sorcery spell you cast this turn costs X less to cast, where X is the number of wizards you control as this ability resolves. So we're gonna be running a wizard sub theme here. Sorry, wizard harry sub theme. Oh myself one there. Um <laughs> It's a one-two. Yeah, this just plays into this really nicely. It helps you cast yeah. red and blue spells. It plays on, on the Wizard Harry's theme. Also, it has flying, so it's already coming onto the board, and you don't have to worry about it getting burnt out. Yeah, that's the thing I really like about it, because, I mean, that would be, in theory, the issue when you don't have your archetype out there, is how do I protect my stuff on the ground that I need to establish my board, you know, my uh, mana dorks and whatnot. And this is basically a mana dork... Um, but since it has that flying, you, you should have an issue with, uh, doing your red board wipes. Right. 
All right. I've got two left. One of them is just in there because oops here. Damn. And the other one is counterflux. So two blue and a red. Instant rare God. counterflux can't be countered by spells or abilities. Counter target spell you don't control. Overload has one colors, two blue and a red. You may cast this spell for its overload cost. If you do, change its text by replacing all instances of target with each. Does does yeah. it does it all in here? Deal. Does it all? It does do it all. Um unfortunately, uh, because Tibor and Lumia didn't come out in the Strixhaven area, Magecraft isn't uh doesn't work you actually have to cast the spells so uh, uh this is a perfect thing though when people want to fluster storm you mm-hmm. you're able to overload on top of them and then boom you countered all their counter spells so it is a great protection spell um and it can be one of those where even in a non-competitive group there could be a couple bad counter spells on the stack and you need to get rid of both of them um so you could do that uh overload yeah definitely yep or if you just need to get two damage onto all the creatures out on the board you can just play this for fun there you go <laughs> and then let's talk about everybody's favorite oob's favorite about it. gotta have a torbrand in oh, here oh i love God. that card so very much <laughs> it is it's so good i can't escape it i have that card in like seven decks <laughs> wizard harry's and torbrand it's just the best he kind of does look like uh what's his face um I can't why oh my god it's too late it's so late and I Hagrid lord of mercy he looks like Hagrid oh god yeah a little bit <laughs> and he, <laughs> Much he, shorter he, has the, he can even do the you're a wizard Harry thing which oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah but anyways you gotta have Torbrand in here it reads for those playing the home game that aren't aware if a red source you control would deal damage to an opponent or a permanent an opponent controls it deals that much damage plus two instead it doesn't even affect your own stuff Mm. Love it's it. wonderful love it yeah i'd say so <laughs> <laughs> and it's big enough to take a, a decent amount of damage if if your commander hits him and he doesn't have flying these are cool these are these are these are uh it's a cool card you can do some really neat stuff with this i like it yeah like like kill squee in oklahoma city oh man uh, yeah obviously that that was fun i'll never forget Never. Pepperidge Farm remembers. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all I had on this. I had to talk about some Wizard Harry's. Had to talk about Torbray. And so I'll kick it back to the Action 4 News Desk with Oob and Mr. Combo number five. Thank you for staying with us. And as always, remember the great giveaways from CMD Tower and Level 1 Game Shop by retweeting, subscribing, following, liking, sharing, and placing orders at level1gameshop.com. A way you can support the CMD Tower team is head over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash CMD Tower. With reward tiers for all the budgets, there is a way that you, the collective, can help. If you're looking for some CMD Tower swag, whether it be sleeves or awesome reminder tokens, uh, head over to cmdtower.com slash merch. Uh, we sell all of the uh, patron goodies on there to anyone that you know can't afford to join the monthly membership. Uh, high quality playmats, great sleeves, uh, great coins, and every purchase you make helps get stuff out of my basement. <laughs> you can stay in touch with your MTG Action 4 News team by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and our website, CMD Tower. You can communicate directly with the team at CMD Tower, at Mr. Commodore 5, all spelled out except for the 5, at Dear Squee, and Bruce MTG. From your MTG Action 4 News team, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Wizard Harry. <laughs>